Welcome in, listeners. It is time for episode 98 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Chris LeBron of the Off the Ball Podcast Network. On today's episode, we talk the NBA Finals, Team USA struggles, and take a look at Damian Lillard's trade options. But before we do, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their Nitro Cold Brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their Mammoth Blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their Hibiscus Teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code SLUMP, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products cavemancoffeeco.com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right guys it's time for the episode crystal bond juju talks horse episode 98 let's get it let's bust the slump and let's enjoy Welcome in Slump Busters. It is time for episode 98 of the Slump Buster podcast. Two away, folks. Two away from that magical 100 spot. So to do this, to get on this episode, I got to bring in a three-time, three-time, three-time guest, Chris LeBron of the Off the Ball Network of the Off the Ball podcast. You've heard him before. He's back, folks. And Chris, how are you doing this fine morning, sir? Man, Julian, happy to be back on the show, man. It's been a while, but uh, I'm excited to be on, man. It, it's, uh, you know, it's been great to see your your rise with, with everything. And man, I'm just excited to be back and, and, and talk ball. Hey, while we were talking about it, you know, we've taken bits and pieces from each other here. You know, there's a lot of great things that you are doing, a lot of great things we're doing. And there's not one way to do it. We're finding out that there is different fan bases for different things going on. You guys, you started off specializing in basketball. Obviously, you branched out in a lot of different areas here, too. We mostly focus on football. We've kind of done some other things as well. So, you know, like, it, it's just about that journey. And, hey, we at the end of the day, we all love sports. That, it's just that simple. We all love sports. And, and when you have that passion and all that, and then you surround yourself with good people who know what they're doing and, and can just expand the product, it's, it, it's, it's been fun, man. And like I said, it's dope seeing you, you guys just absolutely kill it, you know, um, week by week. So, man, it, it's, it's just been great, man. I just enjoying doing what I'm doing. Probably the first, next thing we really got to do is because you've already mastered this one here, merch. We have not got any merch out there. Now we have some ideas there. We're, we got some stuff in the canister, but you know, it's about funny, good, uh, I don't know what people like t-shirts more hats. I mean, you're rocking a solid hat there that uh, this is going to be a video based podcast that people can see if you're listening to audio only. Uh, sorry about it, but uh, check out the YouTube subscribe there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the merch is it's tough to try like figure out designs and all that. That's the tough part and all that, but people do like merch wristbands, all that little stuff, hat shirts. So uh, just trying to trying to branch off in that direction. Well, the great part is if you don't have a graphic design background, there is plenty of people that are willing to, you know, get paid to do that. And uh, yeah, turns out the internet is a great place to find all the people that know how to get magical with that artsy stuff. Yeah, the internet is, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, just there's the thing called Google or yeah. YouTube and boom, <laughs> problem See, solved. There you go. Networking, you know, LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll meet someone there, you know, use your networks, use your tools, people. You have plenty of resources out there. Internet existing is more than our 
previous generations had. Mm -hmm. So it's never been easier to get something you want done, done. You just yeah, gotta yeah. do go and out on there. Twitter. If you just put like, mm -hmm. I need a graphic designer, like your mentions would get blown up in an instant. It's just put graphic. I need a graphic designer and your mentions will, you'll have 20 people in your DMs like, oh, it's instantly. So it's definitely easy to just, you know, to go on the internet and just do that. And then boom, you know, you'll find someone. That's how I've done it a few times with, with promo stuff, with uh, intro music and graphics. I just literally put it on Twitter. Hey, I need, can someone help me? And then boom. Yeah, it tells you how many starving artists there are out there, you know, just on Twitter, just like waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting. You know, it's I gotta crazy. get this mail, I gotta get this paycheck in. Uh, yeah, uh, looking for artists. Okay, I got you, fam. I gotta eat. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time, 3 a.m., you could be like, I'm looking for a graphic, and boom, like it's like instant and like 30 replies. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, one of the big reasons, obviously, I wanna bring you on again, I mentioned you started off with, with a basketball focus. And in particular, we got a lot of basketball headlines going on. So I, I got to start you off with the most important basketball headline of the week. How did you enjoy Space Jam? <laughs> yes, that's that was a, uh, you know, when that came out, it was crazy how the Internet app reacted to that. I enjoyed it. I enjoy I didn't go into it hating it. A lot of people went into that hating it because they love Space Jam. I, I love the first Space Jam. I think most people do, but it's. You just go into it thinking it's not going to be the first Space Jam. It's going to be different. And I enjoyed it. It was a nice, it's <laughs> people, I think too many people are thinking like, they're like, oh, LeBron James acting was horrible. It's like, he's a basketball player. He's not Denzel. <laughs> he's not Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan wasn't out there, you know, um, you know, winning Oscars and all that. So it's like, you go in it, it's a joy. It's a nice little, it's a, you know, had some nice, uh, some nice Easter eggs and all that, which is pretty cool. And I'll, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was it was solid and I liked the colors and all that. And so it was it was fun. It was a fun film. I didn't hate it as much as the internet obviously hated it. Yeah. But what I will say is that everything pre the Looney Tunes arriving in that film was the worst film that I had ever seen. Just in general, and it's not so much it's not so much LeBron. It's more so the dialogue that they wrote for LeBron. Like yeah. it just sounded like normal people don't talk like this. You can listen to any podcast and listen to random people communicate all the time and no time would they ever have the type of interaction that LeBron was having with his kids. And yeah, by yeah. the way, that wasn't even his real kids during the movie, right? No, if I'm no, not mistaken. No, no. Yeah. I was like, where's Bronny? Bronny, where you at? <laughs> Probably not allowed to in a portray, kid. They were trying to portray like, yeah. like, you know, the ages and all that. But yeah, I, I agree with that. In the beginning, it was like, all right, something's got to happen quick because, uh, you know, like you said, LeBron isn't denzel and all that and it kind of showed in the beginning but then it, you know it, it started getting going but uh yeah i agree the beginning me and my girl were looking at each other like yeah on, this is something, like something's got to give come on let's go lebron a little cringe <laughs> a little cringe and then obviously the looney tunes get in there it's fine the whole premise too and by the way if you're listening to this and i don't really care about spoilers myself some people do some it's a touchy subject we're talking spoilers so if that bothers you go ahead and skip ahead here mm -hmm. uh the whole premise behind it too the leg thing and you know by the way too i will say this so warner bros owns the rights to captain planet you have a movie with don Cheadle, and you don't give me at least don Cheadle turning one person into a tree shame on you warner brothers shame <laughs> on you but just the whole premise like what was this thing like i, I want to get a popular celebrity for was he trying to take over the world was he trying to get credit i, I don't get his motivation really yeah it was uh like I said, it wasn't perfect, <laughs> but, 
but you know, it, it, it is what it was. You it know, it is I, what it is. Know, At least I kids like expectations it. need to like be like, yeah, you know, uh, tampered down because it, it was just a nice little fun flick. You know, uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, kids there was like some it. cringe. There was some. There were definitely some moments where you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, if anything, too, it was a great opportunity for Warner Brothers basically to throw their dick on the table and basically just say, look at how many properties we own Disney. Whenever it's, yeah, 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 yeah. let me just throw in a Rick and Morty. Let me just throw in a Game of Thrones. Let me just yeah. throw in uh, the DC universe. They stunted hard on that one. Yeah, they yeah. did. I think that was the most like telling thing was seeing all everything, you know, Harry Batman, Potter, Superman, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Things. They Lord got all this like, yeah, they got all this like mystical, like kind of th- properties too. Like, uh, a lot of fun stuff that Warner Brothers owns, but um, I guess honestly, with that said, like considering you own all these properties, it would have been great to not have it as just a one-off or that thing in the background that you kind of like, oh hey, you know, I see that uh, White Walker walking around there. You know, it would have been kind of nice to actually see that stuff maybe in the game. Like, I wouldn't mind if LeBron actually recruited who he wanted to be on the scene. You know, that real. You know what? Actually, that could be a fun thing. Let's do this, Chris. Any character in any genre to start your basketball franchise uh, put me on the spot yeah right. i know i mean that's what we do around here so we don't mess around any man. any superhero any any superhero any, any genre you know whatever you're feeling man who do you think can ball out the hardest all right you know what uh he he this is my guy i'm gonna go batman Okay, you Batman. know, intellectual thinker. He could be like Chris Paul times ten. I hopefully he could lock down a ring. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, have that? Do you have one of those in the utility belt there, Batman? I, I shouldn't be talking so. shit. I got obviously I got the Batman gear rocking in the background. You know what I'm about here too. <laughs> um, well, I guess if we're going on that circumstance, you know what? Actually, no, no. I'm going to say Plastic Man or. Plastic. Or Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. You know, the fact that they could kind of like elongate themselves yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that That's LeBron J or that Michael Jordan effect from the first Space Jam can actually <laughs> happen with those guys like crazy body types. That I know, you know, you could go Superman, you know, but I'm on a little off the ball here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Superman either. Could go um, wrong with Superman unless there's a green rock on the court. <laughs> Put the uh, old, or actually put one of those ugly, like Milwaukee Bucks uniforms that were when we were the all green. What was it? The bright green threads they had on at one point. Can I say this? And this will be like a fun little kind of like diversion topic here. I kind of got fed up with all the alternate jerseys in the NBA this year. I don't know about you. Like the Milwaukee wearing blue, those blue jerseys they were wearing, the blue and black. I didn't get it. They're a green team. <laughs> no, exactly. And then um, the one live NBA game I went to this year with the Rockets and the Lakers, uh, we had the Rockets wearing that all blue jersey too that they had on. I don't know if you remember it, the oh, powder yeah, blues, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I mean, it just didn't it. really feel right. You know, I I don't know. Like uh, if it was like a one-off thing, okay, cool. I could see it, you know, but like, I think in a way the NFL almost does have it right with not oversaturating us with throwback jerseys, kind of like a once in a while thing. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like the Chargers and you have like seven jerseys, they're all amazing. And I'll give that to one of our co-workers, I guess, uh, colleagues here on the uh, Slump Buster Network here. But uh, 
you know, big time Chargers fan. Chargers do have the sickest jerseys and the sickest alternates in the league. They really do. But like the NBA, <laughs> I, I just felt like it was just like some of these city jerseys and everything. Ah, that was just kind of over it. There was some yeah. teams just didn't even look right. I was watching one uh, Lakers versus Nets game and they were both wearing alternate jerseys that looked like the other team's colors. So that was like one of the most confusing watches, like when the stars yeah. weren't on the court. NBA t- tends to do a little too much, you know, uh, but they want money. So I'm not shocked. <laughs> they, they want money, you know, you know, let's talk about this. Like who's going to be making the money for the next few years. Will it be Giannis who may have established himself as the greatest player in the NBA currently. Is that the question? I mean, you're talking about now a two-time MVP, one-time finals MVP, dropped 50 points in a closeout game six and is now an NBA champion. Chris, what do you have to say about Giannis and the Bucks closing this one out? It was very impressive what they were able to do, especially going down 0-2. The first, if you just based the series off the first two games, it was like, all right, the guy, the Suns fan that does Suns and four, it, it looked like it might have been Suns and four, but they made the adjustments. They they realized Drew Holiday plays defense, and we're just going to put him on CP3 and stop the engine. I've been saying this whole series, like you stop the engine, you're going to have a chance to win. And that's what they figured out. They put Drew on him. Pat Conton was huge for them too. You know, he played some solid defense, but it, it to me, it was just that simple, you know, lock up CP3 and he's, you stop Aiton from, from doing things. You stop Bridges and all this, Cam Johnson from getting shots. And that's what happened. And they, they did that and they won. It wound up being Bucks winning it for, you know, they, they went four in a row and, Giannis was absolutely amazing. It's a fact that, you know, we saw him with the knee injury and it looked like, oh, wow, it's over. It's over for the Bucs. And then to, to be able to come back from that and just dominate the series, play his game too. Not try to do like he did in the Nets series where he was trying to do way too much. You know, try to be like a, try to be KD, try to be a perimeter player. No, go in the post, do your thing, hit your free throws, you know, shoot them in less than 20 seconds. And he did that. And, uh, dominated and then the close i mean that's one of the best closeout games you could possibly have a 50 burger on them so great performance that definitely deserved everything his legend is going to continue and and his story is i mean this guy played in a second you know the second division in greece which is like playing in like a a, your local ymca (laughs) league you know and this scrawny kid from from greece you know went to the states and got better improved and look at him now (laughs) you know what his, his peak is up there with some of the greatest peaks ever. Like, it, it's really amazing, his 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 journey, man. And it's really cool that he, the past two-year failures, losing to Toronto two years ago in the conference finals, then losing last year to Miami in five in the second round, and then be able to overcome everything this year and, and get it done. It, it was a, it, it's an amazing story for, for Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, at first, I wasn't sure how I would really feel about the Bucks winning. And that's mostly because... I've shown a lot of praise, thrown a lot of flowers at Chris Paul over the last few weeks, and rightfully so. Chris Paul, future Hall of Famer, uh, has done a lot to elevate the teams that he's recently been on. But to see Giannis in the post game and see him walk about Milwaukee, forever enshrined as one of Milwaukee and Wisconsin's all-time sports legends, like he's going to be mentioned all the time with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. And uh, I'm pretty sure if you have polled most Wisconsin fans, they probably put Giannis ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now as far as their all-time love list. I mean, I'll put that narrative out there because you look, they're over there making the uh, crybaby beer. They're serving in local breweries 
over the Aaron Rodgers situation, Giannis just seems so beloved. And he seems like that man of the people that I think that people really kind of connect with. I know that there's been a lot of chatter over the narrative of him getting his ring without a super team. And, you know, I buy into that because it's nice to see a guy who gets drafted by an organization, who's been loyal organization, signs that extension with them, just waits for them to build around him, put the right pieces in place. And to see him come down with that trophy, and then, of course, him in that uh, driveway in that Chick-fil-A pulling down that 50-piece there, I, it just it really spoke to that, like, sense of fanhood in me you know the yeah. why we cheer for these teams why we die with these teams why like uh, i'm a diehard celtics fan a niners fan a giants fan you know to see like a homegrown talent do it gives you those warm and fuzzy feelings doesn't yeah, it it really does and you're a san francisco giants fan and you you saw three championships in what a five-year span you saw how that team there was no true superstars on those on mm-hmm. those teams that won three world series and all that so you've seen that i think there's something about Giannis, you know that he's not your typical superstar right we see all these other superstars and they're very buddy but which is fine that's cool but he's different right you don't really see another thing is like you didn't see a lot of like players until he won like really go for him like everyone was root for cp3 and all that but for him it was different and, and just the story i think everyone loves the story you know, how he got there. I think that's the biggest thing is the story of how he got there. It wasn't, it, it, it's the American dream. You know, he came there with nothing and not a, not great to speak in English and, and codes of his country for to live a better life for his family. And he did it. <laughs> he did it. I think that's what people love about it, is that he came, came to this guy, worked his tail off and he did it. He's one of the best at his profession and, and, is, and is making generational wealth for his family and allowed his brothers to make a living in, in the NBA. You know, he's got another brother in high school. You know, I feel like there's a new Tedetumpo every, every year. There's like another one in the pipeline. But, you know, he's able to, to change lives and, and his family. And just he's kind of like a normal person that, like, in a way because you saw him. He's at a Chick-fil-A waiting online. Like he's a superstar player making all this money. And he's waiting online at a Chick-fil-A. Like, you know how Chick-fil-A lines yeah. on. And maybe that's kind of the beauty of him also being in Wisconsin, a more humble market, you know, like if he was in a New York or an LA, I could see him being to the point where he literally can't go out of those cities. He He would get mobbed every single place he would go. And I could understand that's a little thing. So maybe one of his only knocks is people are going to throw at him at one point in his career. I'm sure when they look back at his legacy, oh, he never had to deal with the trials and tribulations of being in a Chicago like a Michael Jordan or mm. being in you know a LA like a Shaq or a Kobe you know dealing with those fans dealing with that media I'm sure like when we look back at his legacy there's gonna be some people will throw that at him because we've seen some smaller market talent who have won titles have that narrative thrown out to them in the past uh, one thing though I think that it, he's on a crash course for is to become the greatest international player in NBA history. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, the multiple MVPs, the title already, he's still only 26 years old, which that always hurts whenever I have a player that's younger than me. But yes, he is 26 years old. Um, so he can only get better. Obviously, we always talk about the narrative of his free throws, shooting, uh, maybe considered a more casual take, but sure, you know, he does, if he does improve on those knocks on his game, 
then he'll literally be unstoppable as a offensive weapon. He's already one of the greatest uh, defensive players in the game to obviously a defensive player of the year. Um, Giannis just has like such a skill set that's so unique. And then the come up, I mean, one of my favorite stats that was thrown out there, one of my favorite meme stats is that they were him and Chris Middleton combined were the lowest rated 2k players in their first rookie year and i think that's fun to see where he is now obviously a clear 97 minimum player in the game um but yeah he might be he might be 99 this year after this man yeah what do you think about that though me saying that he could become the greatest international player in nba history obviously you have some really good ones out there whether it be a dirk or a Hakeem Olajuwon or you know what we're seeing now you know who who knows luca is looking great as well I mean, it's it's not a wild thing to say. I mean, just look look at his career to date. I mean, he's already got a world championship, and a Finals MVP, dropped fifty in a, in a in a clincher to win the championship, two time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, five time All Star. If he retires now, he, he's up there, you know, and that's crazy. But he's only twenty six, and like you said, he can get better. That's scary. He got better from the Nets series to the Atlanta series to the Suns series. So he got better within, you know, just a couple series. You oh, know, yeah. what it was at seventeen out of nineteen on the free throws. Again, one of the biggest knocks on his game, mm-hmm. and he corrected that. Now it's not a permanent fix. Anyone could have like those hot streaks from time to time. Every now and then, I have a good game of beer pong. But, you know, Giannis, the fact that he's knocking him down in the clutches of clutch situations to shut up Skip Bayless and the likes of them, loud mouths like me, you know, they're out there. Ah, yeah, shoot. Meanwhile, I'm over there airmailing the basket. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy that he can't get better and all that. The free throws got better. I mean, he he went 17 and 19. I mean, the last free throw he missed, it was, you know, it didn't really matter. So I, I don't really count that last one, but he 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 got better. He did you know, uh, the whole, the number, the countdown, you know, started with the net series to, tw- I mean, I think one point oh, yeah. about 21. It's like counting out the money, counted, all that good stuff. The yeah, guy yeah. counting the money in, in, in the series and the sun series. And it's like, he didn't let that affect him. Like he, he made a, he shot an air ball. Okay, whatever. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm just doing my routine. And, you know, and he realized, all right, I do got to pick it up. <laughs> I think he didn't realize I got to pick it up, but you know, he hit his free throws. I mean, that's all he needs to do is hit his free throws. And he could probably have a 35 a game. <laughs> you know, just play that bully ball to the basket that he does yeah. and then you know exactly. no more hack-a-shack for him he could just go there and shoot with confidence yeah, exactly uh, yeah you know I mean I think the next question there is like what next does he have to do to be considered a Mount Rushmore player the guys that are like we're talking about in that top 10 top five conversation because again long career to go I think obviously base minimum people would probably like him to lock down one more title um, if he locks down another MVP, though, like, uh, gosh, he's already cemented within the greats of the game. The Mount Rush. I mean, he's still got some ways to go. He's still got some ways to go because he's just like you said, he's only 26 years. Old. It feels like he's been in the league for longer than that. But he's just, just a lot 20. of hardware. You know? Yeah, but he's got a lot of hardware already at 26. I mean, it's pretty crazy how much you know hardware he has. But if he keeps going at this at this rate, you know, wins another two MVPs and two championships i mean yeah i definitely get there you know but it also got to see what kevin durant does because he's he's kind of right there too like right you know he may be a little ahead of Giannis right now but Giannis winning that championship hey and how he won it right because we know hey i i value you know what kevin durant did but let's face it 
it's definitely a lot easier when you're playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and and that those Warriors teams, right? You, it's easier yeah. basketball, right? We had, we had a poll on IG the other day that was regarding one of the first takes uh, topics. Would you rather have Giannis's one ring with the team that you were drafted by or Katie's two? And it was about a 70% ratio of fans that said they would just take the one ring from Giannis, which I think that's telling of how polarizing Kevin Durant's legacy will be in the long run too, if he's not able to lock down a title in theory without other blue chip players on his team. Now, one thing too that could affect Giannis long-term, and he seems like the type of guy that would do this. And this is why it's going to be interesting for his legacy to move forward. He's such a humble guy. He likes Milwaukee. He likes that small market. Could you see him just taking these team-friendly deals to allow the Bucks to acquire more talent as he goes and by virtue, keeping that team a solid contender year in and year out? Because we got to face it, Milwaukee's not a crazy free agent destination, so you got to pay guys if you want to make them go there. I mean, that, that's always interesting. I mean, he can do like LeBron did and all that, but I, I think he, he would, he, he's willing to do that because he wants to win. And that's what he's done his whole career. So I think definitely he, he could take some type of uh, less than what the super max would, would be for for uh, the team. So I think definitely because he wants to win. He cares about winning. He, he wants his other guys to get paid too. And that's something we've seen. Like he cares about, you know, uh, Drew Holiday getting paid and, and Middleton and all that. So I could definitely see him taking less for to, to, to sustain this because it's hard. Guys want to get paid and all that. You know, it is not just the star players. It's the role players who starred in their role who want to get. And that's where the money starts going, right? It's not just, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Dennis, yeah, man, that's crazy. He wants too much money, but uh, <laughs> he wants way too much money. But that's where, you know, every, you know, the cap gets tricky is when those middle tier players, you know, that are important to the team, the PJ Tuckers and all that say, hey, I was a big part of this too, you know, and they want to get a nice chunk of change. So, um, but I, I think, you know, once he when he gets to that second contract, maybe he'll he'll take a little bit less, not too much. The uh, play association doesn't want to make you to take t- you know too less of a cut, you know, because LeBron did that for a while. But they're like, and then LeBron finally's like, nah, you know, but yeah, you get paid for of course, doing, you know, because he was kind of underpaid as a player. So for Giannis, you know, I think he'll take some less to to uh, fill in, you know, uh, extra couple, you know, get a couple of solid role players on the team. Yeah, I think there's just less pressure on like a Giannis to keep like driving the league in the way that LeBron had to keep like driving the league, driving player salaries and everything. I feel like Giannis can be a little bit more ad lib and be comfortable doing in his environment than LeBron, who's trying to build a legacy, trying to build a brand behind him, the brand that is LeBron James. I don't feel like Giannis is really doing that. Maybe he's going to get a marketing director that's going to be like, hey, uh, man, we got to start getting that Greek freak, you know, camp, those shoes, that everything going on. And maybe once that comes down the line, you know, money always has a way of poisoning the well there, but maybe things could change in a few years. But from what I see from the guy I see in front of me today, I don't see that from Giannis onto Takumpo. Um, now, of course, there's always the other side when it comes to a finals victory. There's the finals loss. And I love Chris Paul. I've been praising Chris Paul. Everyone's been praising Chris Paul over the last few weeks. And it sucks to see the 37-year-old, 36-year-old uh, what is he, 37, 36? Am I, am I getting wrong? 36, yeah, he'll be 37. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm just aging him up a year. <laughs> Feels like 40, whatever. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Anyway, it sucks to see him lose out on potentially his last best chance at a ring, or is it? What do you think Chris Paul does this offseason? Do you think he goes back to the Suns? Because 
obviously that team got hot at the right time. You know, there are other options out there that may be more conducive to a title. Yeah, and you're hearing a lot of the Lakers stuff, and I get it, play with LeBron and all that. If 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 I were to talk to CP3, I'd be like, let's run it back. You know, I know he probably would, would decline his player option, which is probably around like $42 million. It's crazy that you could turn down that. But he, he wants, I think he's going to want that three-year, $100 million where I think he can get with the Suns. To me, I would just run it back. I mean, did they benefit from some injuries? Yeah, but that, that happens every year, you know. So this team is young. They're up and coming. Booker is a star. He's only going to learn from this. Aiton's got so much better with CP3. You know, Bridges, Cam Johnson, all these guys, you know, add a couple vets. You know, um, I think they could they should come back and, and run it back again. It feel like he was embraced in Phoenix. You go to the Lakers and, you know, we know what you're doing, you know, and I get it. Right. You want to win that championship, but it's like we know what you're doing. And then that's just going to it might dilute you if he does do it. It might dilute it. You know, so why not? Let's you were this close. You know, you were two games away. Figure out what happened, what went wrong. And go back to the film room, figure out what you need to do to, to make sure that doesn't happen again and, and run it back. Like this team is, is, is ascending. They have a great coach. They have a great culture there. You know, I know the West, everyone talks about the West being better, but I think they're they're one of the top tier teams mm-hmm. in this in the West. You know, so they don't have to worry about if the Lakers are going to get better or the, or the Warriors and all that. I yeah. think they're in that top four no matter what. Uh, if I was him, I would run it back, go back and, you know, try to get back again, you know, so. Yeah, the only concerning decision, but it's 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 going to be tough for him. The only concerning thing I have with that and running it back is who gets better. You would think Chris Paul can only get worse because he played his best basketball in the last few years. You have to think that Devin Booker is close, if not at his potential ceiling. I mean, the guy is one of the most elite scorers in the game, but you can only take that so far. Is he going to start averaging thirty-five to forty points a game? Probably unlikely, but he's definitely at like one of that elite tiers of scores in the game today. DeAndre Aiden has played his best basketball at this point in his NBA career. Jay Crowder, guys like that probably take a step back. So for the Suns, you know, you risk the potential of you only get worse uh, this offseason adding age. So are they really ascending? What piece do the Suns make that makes them equally better than the rest of the Western conference and certainly the bucks when it comes to finals time, they looked amazing in those first two games. But as we saw eventually the size and everything that the bucks could throw at them, the defensive awareness of a uh, drew holiday, even Chris Middleton in the game just eventually stopped them. Yeah. And they drafted Jalen Smith last year out of Maryland and I, and I liked him, but you know, he didn't really do much for them. He can potentially get better this year and be a piece next year. Like I said, they still got Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. I like this young core. Like I said, you add some solid vets. Like I said, Jay Crowder, you know, was, was huge for them. So try to add a, a Jay Crowder type player. I do like them if they do run it back. I know CP3 is going to be older, going to be the big thing, but I, I, I think Booker is just going to get better losing was is going to eat at him and potentially win an olympic gold medal and all that and and you know that's just going to fuel him more to be there because everyone talks about him having that that mamba mentality well we saw what happened when, when kobe lost to the to the celtics you know and lost by 40 in that game six came back and won a championship so maybe he ascends like he's got stuff he needs to work on you know, as far as, you know, and we know the double teams and, and, and his playmaking, but I think this is definitely going to help him 
and for towards next season. And, um, you know, he didn't make the all-star team this year as a, you know, he had, a, he was a, a replacement and all that. So there's some disrespect with Booker that he can use to fuel him next year. And I think CP3 is going to have to figure out things because he's, he's the main thing. If CP3, CP3, I think they can get back, you know, um, and I think he, he can still be CP3, but they need someone else other than Booker to take over scoring wise too. They need another score or, or another big, you know, cause if Aiton's in foul trouble, they had no one, you know, they had no one. So if they can make the little moves like that and, and see if Jalen Smith gets better, I think they, they can definitely um, do some things next year in the West. All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because Devin Booker does have a chance to win a gold medal, had to take an awkward plane trip with Chris Middleton. They are going to be in Tokyo and team USA has definitely made me worry about their chances this year with a couple headlines coming about team chemistry uh, recently with Kevin Durant and Bam getting into it. And then obviously two interesting losses to Nigeria and the boomers out there in Australia. I'm concerned, man. I think they might not win it this year. I know they're the favorites. I know they have a great team. I look at the team and I'm like, God, how is anyone beating us? Our backups are better than some of these team starters. But we lost to Nigeria that had Jalil Okafor, who was a bust in the NBA. None of these guys' teams have real great NBA talent, a lot of replacement NBA talent on them. And yet we're still struggling with them. Can you explain to me what's going on? And can you explain to me why I should still have confidence in this Team USA? The world has gotten better at basketball, I think, a lot of these teams like Nigeria and all that, they've been playing together for a while where the Americans essentially, we just throw them out, right? Hey, we're, we're better than you because even if with our second tier, third tier players are better, but the world's better. Nigeria is, is, is actually has a solid, they got a couple pros. Uh, I think they got Josh Kogi from, from the Timberwolves. Like I said, Jalil Okafor. I mean, I know he hasn't had the greatest of career, but he's still an NBA player. Like, so they have some guys. So the world is better at basketball, and I think we assume that we could just run it out and just just take over the world. But this isn't '92. This isn't '96, where the world isn't that good no more. No, this it's the times. Times have changed, and the rest know, of the man. world is better. Like France is really good, like and it's. But I think adding Booker, Middleton, Drew Holiday, you know, is definitely going to help this team. I know they lost Beal, but I, I think I think they're going to be fine. They may not run through the competition. Like they usually do. They might not sweep and not lose a game. They might lose a game here or there. But I'm so confident that they can win the gold. Like I said, Ad Middleton is going to be huge. Booker, like I said, Booker is going to be pissed off. You know, he, he might just go off, you know, for Team USA. But they still got Tatum. You know, they still got Green. Still got Kevin Durant. I mean, if they didn't have Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum, maybe a little bit worried. But I trust KD, you know, will we'll get these guys going and, and take over. So I'm still confident that they can come home with the gold. There's a lot of elite scorers on this team, and that's probably why I've given them the benefit of the doubt more than anything. It just, you look at that starting five, and it's just, how are we struggling? That's just been the biggest hump that I've been trying to get over mentally, because you look at the starting five of the teams they lost to. These guys, yes, again, you mentioned they have NBA guys, and that's great, no disrespecting them, but they have just NBA guys. NBA reserves, Patty Mills, guys who are on the bench, We have NBA all-stars, guys that are making all-team, NBA all-teams, and Mm. still they're not kind of like producing. And I I know it's early, but this goes back to a couple years ago, too, when we struggled in the World Tournament, the FIBA World Tournament. 
And that's when we first started this podcast too, actually. So I remember talking about those losses and like, oh, well, that's weird. But then to see it a couple of years later, still having the same struggles, that's where the concern is. Because yeah. if it was just a off couple games, that's something. But this is a couple years of us kind of having that. And in neither of those two games, would you look and say that the best player was on the other team? Obviously, the only yeah. time that- I think it's a chemistry thing too. Yeah, I, I get chemistry it. Chemistry too. Yeah. Like, the chemistry is huge. Like you said, I know people assume like you just run these guys out, they should be able to just dominate, but it's the chemistry thing. I think them losing is actually good, you know, because it, it shows them, you know, like, okay, we just can't run it out. We have to actually work together as a unit and figure this thing out. And I think that they'll, they'll figure that out. But like I said, every team that goes against Team USA, this is their gold medal game. You know, everyone wants to be that team. Like I remember in 04, when Puerto Rico played the the Americans and they beat them. And they, I think they lost the next game to, to some random country. And that's like, that was their gold medal game. Like they beat them by 20. So like when you play the Americans, you know, that's the best of the best and you're going to give it to them, you know, and doesn't matter what you medal and all that you beat the Americans. That's going to live forever. To me, that's that men, that mentality from these other countries is like, we're just going to go at them. They may not be taking this as serious as we are. So we get to take advantage of that. And I think the American teams, we have to figure, we have to be like, okay, they're coming at our neck. We have to be prepared and, and, and counter back because we, if we counter our counter is, 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 is heavy. And we can and we can take over. So I think that's what the Americans need to do. I think these those two little bumps, uh, those losses are, are going to benefit them. And, and uh, like I said, they're adding some some reinforcements. Javel McGee, you know, you need a little Javel McGee, you know, maybe to, to add some spice to the team. Got to shack the fool. Yeah, We've been shacking the fool in those games against Nigeria and fucking Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I'm glad you're confident. I, uh, okay, let's see this. How sure are you that they're going to win the gold medal? Let's phrase the question there. You want a percentage? percentage one, zero to 100. Um, 90%. 90%. I wanted to say 90, but then a little part of my brain is just like, you lost to Nigeria. I'm going to say 75%. I'm going to say three quarters of the way because I'm just, again, putting myself in that mindset of we have Damian Lillard. We have Kevin Durant. We have Jason Tatum. All these elite, talented guys. Yeah. Devin Booker, Chris mm-hmm. Middleton. The guys were just in the finals. Something's got to give. So 75%, three quarters of the way there with you. All right. Team USA. I'm, I'm rocking that red, and, that red and blue. You know, I got a little white in the background. So there you go. There you do, go. Do it for the team. Have faith. Have faith, man. I got to tr- trust us. We got to trust the, our countrymen to, to, to get USA. it done. If they don't, then it's going to be, <laughs> they're going to be uh, some changes made. But uh, I, I'm confident they'll, they'll get it done. Yeah. Pop. Coach K got us. Pop. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Coach I'm K a little... didn't have these issues, but <laughs> I've been seeing that. I've certainly been seeing that take on Twitter. Uh, has oh, anyone yeah, mailed... yeah, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone mailed it in more than pop after, you know, Duncan left? Yeah. 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 He's, he's coasting. He's coasting. He's, he's enjoying time. You know, uh, I think, I think he has one more year left as a coach. I think it's one, one more, more year. Yeah. I'm, more I'm just surprised. I, I thought he was done a couple of years ago, to be honest. I think but, he's done mentally. I think he's checked out in a way. I think he's just grooming. I think Becky's going to be the, she's going to take over. And I think he's just setting the foundation for her, making sure that, you know, once he's done, that she has everything 
in order to, to succeed because she's going to have, she's going to, it's going to be, you know, wild for her because, you know, her being the first female head coach potentially. Yeah. So making sure everything is set in place so that everything runs smooth for her, you know? Oh yeah. Really leaving her with a heck of a team, Patty Mills. And uh, I don't think DeMar DeMarozan is going to be there much longer. Uh, no, no, actually no. the word is if you want to trigger some Canadians, uh, tell them that DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are thinking about playing for the Lakers next season. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know where the, all that money is going to come from because they're going to command a nice chunk of change. But I don't know the fit. That's a that's a crazy fit. It's a lot of a lot of oldness there. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of oldness, a lot of names. But that sounds like how LeBron has been mostly constructing these teams in recent years. When you really think about the rosters, that's always been kind of like a consistent thing with the teams LeBron goes to. Like he goes to them, gets a bunch of veteran guys. They quickly show their age, and then obviously he moves on to the next team. So yeah. I wonder if that's kind of what's happening with the Lakers. Let's bring in some Kyle Lowry's. Let's bring in a DeMar DeRozan. Hell, let's call Kyle Corbin and see what he's doing these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know about that, especially that LeBron is getting older and he, he is showing his age a bit. I mean, his uh, decline is different from most people's decline, but it's still a decline. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know why they don't try to pump in some youth there. I think having a good blend of both is is good, but you know, uh, it's got that Al Davis GM vibes going on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't get those fits, but hey, you know, uh, let's see what happens. One of the big things that we want to see what happens with is the uh, Dame situation. Let's close it out here. Dame time. Who's trading for him? I, I don't think he can bring along that uh, time stop ability from Space Jam, though, by the way. <laughs> no, he was actually cool in Space Jam. Uh, I, it was probably I the one cool thing from that little goon squad <laughs> yeah he was, but where does he go oh man there's a part of me that would love him in the big apple a part of me would love that i just don't think they have enough but i honestly don't know where he's gonna go i know he wants i think i'm pretty sure he wants out and and from a lot of reports you hear the knicks you hear lakers the warriors are chiming in i i I don't know. I don't know what team. I don't want to say my team because that'll just jinx it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I think he gets traded. I really do. I just don't know where. I don't yeah. know where because I think it's going to be a bidding war. Um, he's a tremendous player. You know, <laughs> wherever he goes, Dame time is going to be special. But I don't think he can run it back in, in Portland anymore. I think that, you know, they're, they're stuck in that purgatory, you know, where they're yeah. in the middle. And you don't want to be in the middle in the NBA. You either want to just full out stink and try to climb and, and or be in the top. But yeah, in all I honesty, I, I don't know what team. In all honesty, I see him back in Portland next year. And I'll, I'll explain why. I think that mostly that kind of fraternity that other players have with each other. I don't think he'll want to screw over Chauncey Billups like that, who just got the job. I think he'll give Chauncey at least a year to see what happens. You're hearing, though, like reports that the Trailblazers are turning down calls for C.J. McCollum, too, as well. So they seem content to roll back that same roster construction. And I think that that is a little concerning when you talk about, well, clearly Dame is having this uh, vocal display because he's a little upset that they haven't really done anything to move the needle in a different direction. And I don't know if necessarily trading away C.J. McCollum is that move. I know I'm sure Dame does like CJ and does like working with them, but I'm sure Dame also realizes that clearly this isn't getting it done. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know what that perfect fit is. I don't know who's out there that the Blazers could potentially acquire 
that would make Dane feel more confident in his current situation out there in Portland. Uh, almost 40-year-old Carmelo clearly wasn't also the right move for them either. I, I obviously, I'm a little bit biased here in this take. I would personally love Dame in Beantown. Put him in Boston. Now, that would be amazing. Because part of the, also the trouble with this is finding a team that has the right pieces to really make this trade happen. Because Boston has pieces. Yeah, Boston has pieces. Uh, and, and as much as it would pain me to see it, I'm pretty sure like a Jalen Brown would be part yeah, of that deal, for example, has to right? Be, you because you're be you're either trading away Tatum or Brown, and I think most people would say they'd be willing to part with Brown, unfortunately. And that may be more to the detriment of that team when you think about roster construction. Does it make sense to have Jason Tatum, who's a little less defensively inclined, and Dame, who obviously doesn't particularly care too much about defense on the same roster? Mm-hmm. No, but it'd probably be fun to watch, whereas Jalen Brown does have a little bit of a defensive mindset to him. When you look at the Lakers, obviously, they don't have any pieces. Their best piece is Anthony Davis. I think Coward has made that take. He'd do an AD for Dame any day. And I I could see that. I can see that argument there, you know, put a leech. But then they have no defense. (laughs) Then they have no defense. And that's a whole other trouble there for the Lakers. Obviously, letting Dwight Howard go, too, I think was a mistake when you look at this team's uh, fall off this year, too. Yeah, you know, there's that. There's the Knicks. What do the Knicks do? I mean, they probably trade away. What do you think? Maybe like what R.J. Barrett or something? It, go it, a honestly, young piece like that have to, have to go at R.J. Barrett. It, it really would. Like, why wouldn't if you're Portland? Why would you take anything less than the starting thing, starting point at R.J. Barrett? So that's been a big thing in, in Nick's world is they want to give up R.J. But you, you, you know, you got to give up some to get some. You know, you you yeah. get Dame Lillard. You know, so that's been the biggest thing. And I just don't think the Knicks have enough unless they pull like a Harden. I mean, listen, Harden really didn't get traded for much. I mean, you would have to get a third team involved and all that. So that would be something I think if the Knicks were to get involved they would definitely be in a three-team deal you know straight up I just don't think Portland would look at what you know what they get back you know some late round picks and and RJ and you know maybe you know quickly and all that like those are solid players but you know you're giving up Dame you want to mm-hmm. see if you can get someone who could think can be somewhat close to being an all-star down the line you know that, that depends what they feel about RJ if they think he's that guy if they think he's his guy then then maybe you could do it but I don't know so, but for the Knicks, you know, it's, I don't know. That's interesting. You know, Boston, 76ers. like you said, 76ers. Like if you're Portland, would you do Ben Simmons for Dame straight up? I would say probably not. I mean, no, not obviously anymore. Ben Simmons is a little <laughs> bit of a head case at this point, you know, yeah, like you have but, to do some, not only physical fixing there, but some mental fixing on Ben Simmons game to yeah, really make that but, one worth it. It's the mental thing. And, and, but if they can think like, oh, if we, we fix it mentally, we get an MVP type player, you know? So it, it, we don't know what they're thinking. That's the thing we have to, that's the thing is we don't know what these teams are thinking and how they value their players. Cause a lot of fans value their players more than they, what they really are, you know? Yeah. So but, well, Chauncey uh, didn't take that, take that job with the expectation that he wouldn't have Dame in his locker room. Yeah. Too, yeah. But so. also uh, Paul Silas, um, he thought the same thing. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul Silas Jr. He thought the same thing. And, you know, he thought he was going to have Harden on his roster and then Harden access for a trade. So uh, Steven Silas, I'm sorry. He thought the same thing. And then he got, uh, you know, Chauncey. Well, it's tough. It's tough. Tough situation. It's a tough uh, position to be in, but for sure. I would say, though, this, you know, if, hey, Giannis winning could be potentially a good thing for the Blazers, too. You know, in the sense that. We're talking about this narrative thrown out there. Homegrown players can win with the teams they were drafted by. It just takes the right GM fit, the right coaching, and the ability to put the pieces around that player to get it done. 
So I, I think that if you're a Portland fan and you're just want that renewed faith in Damian Lillard staying with your team, I, I think seeing Giannis hold that trophy, hold that Larry O'Brien gives you a little renewed sense of confidence in that belief. And if you're Dame and you've been starting question the loyalty thing, maybe that kind of revives him because he's been one of the most vocal loyalty guys out there too. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. You know, I think that it would be such a blow to his image to be that guy. Whereas you mentioned James Harden being that guy, getting extremely fat, going to the strip clubs instead of practice. That's not Dame. At least that's not the Dame I think of. Yeah, but he could be feeling that pressure because he is getting older. He's in his 30s already, you know, and people are starting to, everyone loves Dame, but they're like, hey, as far as you got, it was a conference finals and you got swept. Now it was against Golden State and their super team, but still, that's the farthest you've got. So the pressure is on for Dame. You know, he wants to be that, top that soup getting that superstar tier you gotta you gotta figure out things and how to get to a championship and you know portland has had some good teams too like they've had they have some good players on their team and but you know he's it's he may just feel like he can't get it done and you know it's tough he's in a tough situation because i'm sure he does want to do what Giannis did because then you're a legend forever forever but here's the thing though does dame necessarily need that ring if he gets that ring via the super team method to elevate himself above what we think he is now and what i mean by that is for example kyrie irving already has a ring he could win a ring with the nets and call me crazy i still think damian willard is a better player than him i might be an absolute nut job on this one but Maybe it's my own personal bias against Kyrie Irving. But I look at Dame, even without the ring, looking at all the moments that Dame has put up, all the scoring performances, and I value Dame more as a player than I do Kyrie Irving. Especially the fact he's led that Portland team, whereas Kyrie Irving has never really led a team to the same success that Portland has. I feel your bitterness of Kyrie being a Celtics fan. (laughs) That that is I, that is definitely a part of this equation. I just think of why, and I was like, "Oh, he's a Celtics fan, you know, you know." But that's definitely I could see people that because he hasn't led a team to, and he's kind of been that that co uh, that co captain. But he has, I think, uh, Kyrie is an absolutely tremendous player, and he's hit big time shots. Obviously, he hit the shot in Game Seven in 2016 to to help you know win a championship and all that. But I could see why you know. It's all about preference. I think they're right there with each other. So just a matter of what you prefer better. You know, I know Kyrie's handles are good. Dame's big time shooting, you know, his range. It's just a matter of preference. I think they're like right there with each other, you know. Um, but if you put Dame, switch him, I think Dame would have a championship too. You know, I think he could do what what Kyrie did with LeBron and all that. Yeah. And that's probably what he's thinking is like, you know, if I join up with one of these guys, I can do what Kyrie was able to do. So, and you know, Kyrie's a world champion, no matter what, whatever else he does, at the end of the day, he's still a world champion. And that's what Dame wants. He wants that feeling of being a world champion. Yeah. I think of him as crybaby. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, 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 I feel, I feel yeah. Celtics fans and how that ended because it did not end well at all. Um, Can I get that crybaby, like brewery stuff that they made for Aaron Rodgers, except put Kyrie <laughs> on there? No, I'm kidding. I, you know, I mean, yes, I, I think... I'm just wondering if that like title would elevate Dame over a player who's a similar comp like mm-hmm. a Kyrie, because right now he said it's about even Would I look at Dame any differently if he went to someone else's team. 
Like if you went to LeBron's team, would I look at that more as Dame's title or look at that more as LeBron's title? Maybe if you did talk about the Colin Cowherd trade method of putting AD and Dame straight up and it's literally just a LeBron-Dame team, I might look at that team's title potentially with a little bit more fervor towards Dame. If it's AD, LeBron, and Dame, then I'm looking at that a little bit differently yeah, you know yeah yeah i don't think lebron's can i don't think ad would that would even happen i don't think lebron would allow that because that's ad is his guy i mean so both I came think, out in that that movie so yeah 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 they're both in, in space jam and, and they I were tell- roasting ad's character while they were making dame the coolest one in there what does yeah, that tell yeah. you Yep, and and that's that did speculate stuff too, which is kind of crazy how Space Jam speculated rumors that Dame's going to go to the Lakers and all that. But I think if that were to happen, Dame would join AD and LeBron, and not AD. I know Stephen A. Smith said that too, or straight up trade. I'm like, LeBron's not going to do it. And then who's playing defense for them? You know, you got to play defense a little bit. You don't have to play '90s defense, but you got to play some. And AD does that. I know he's injury prone, but. That's the thing, you know, like if you can't count on him to be on the court for the long, large majority of his career, you haven't been able to. Yeah, that that is as much a part of the equation when people talk about Anthony Davis as anything, you know, is he going to be there for LeBron? Is he going to be there for aging LeBron? Because people were expecting him to take that the guy role, take that Batman role this year. But he never, never could do it. He's. I don't think he's. That's just not him. I don't think that. I think everyone wants him to be that, but I just don't think that's him. I think he's the best co-captain you could possibly have, and that's okay. You know, Kyrie was a great co-captain. We show he showed that he's not. You know, can lead team by himself, and it's not easy to do that. You know. But if you're the Lakers and you invested all this capital into him, you went out there, you traded every young player you could to acquire him. You want him to be that guy because. LeBron's obviously not going to be there forever. He's yeah. got maybe a couple more years in him tops. Who knows what he does after the Lakers? But I think, I think they'll they, add, they'll add, someone's going to come. If LeBron retires, let's say, let's just say after he retires this year, they'll, they'll find someone else to play with eight. Someone will play with AD and it is the Lakers. Dame Lillard and all that. So it is the Lakers, you know, someone will come with AD and they can surround, they can have a good team and all that. So I think, you know, they, they can find other pieces it, when once LeBron is retired in a year or two. And, hey, every even even blue chip organizations like the Lakers obviously can go through some downtimes. Obviously, we talked yeah. about back end Kobe's career. And then after Kobe, it was rough times for Lakers fans. Yeah, yeah, you were nice. you were getting dogged by Clippers fans. I didn't even know they existed till 10 Clippers years took ago over for a little bit. They yeah. Little and then obviously, I, I mean, I hate to do a little roast here, but uh, let's face it. Your Knicks have been considered one of those perennial blue chip organizations too. And obviously it's been a rough few years for you. Yeah. Tell me about it. Few decades. Uh, Yeah. Last 20 years, one playoff series win. It's definitely been tough, but uh, you know, things look like they're on the, on the up and up. So that's, that's a good thing. Hey, you know, too, I'll even self roast. This is a self burn. Those are rare, but the Celtics, man, every year I, I just look at them. I'm like, just underachieving. Obviously, this year, now we got all this stuff going on with Brad Stevens now in the GM role. Danny Ainge is out. What's going to happen? We have that, uh, I'm spacing on the name here, but the Nets assistant we just hired is our new head coach. Is he going to be the guy? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum still going to be on this team? I think they got to break it up, unfortunately, mostly because clearly we've seen it. It's not working. It's not putting us over the hump. Whenever we go against the Bucks, we get smashed. 
So, I mean, we can beat the 76ers all day, but every time we go against the Bucks, that's yeah. a horrible matchup for us. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with Jason Tatum as he goes. Yes, he's turning into one of the biggest superstars in the game. But as a Celtics fan perspective, you would say that in the clutches of moments, he has come up just a little bit short, whether that be that fingertip block by Bam a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He did have opportunities to tie some of the games against Miami inside the bubble and uh, missed some wide open uh, shots. So, you know, that is a little concerning you know, for the long-term perspective, obviously we want to see that uh, Mamba mentality take over for Jason Tatum and his next step as a superstar. So a lot of changes going on in Boston, you know, a lot of, you know, ascension going on for your New York Knicks there, you know, mostly defensive team. Good congrats to Tom Thibodeau, Julius Randle. Things are looking a little bit better than they were. Who knows? Maybe RJ Barrett has a Devin Booker type ascension too. Hey, you never know. And that's, that's the hope. That's the hope. He's still very young. And I think that's that untapped potential that I think is very intriguing with RJ because there's some people who don't think he has a high upside. They think he just might be what he is. But it's hard. I, kind of, I always say it's hard. How do you say that about a 20 year old that he can't get better? Like we've seen it. Devin Booker. Did Trey anyone young. think he was going to be a 28, you know, uh, one of the top leading scorers in, in, in the league with Devin Booker? We've seen this with a bunch of guys. So Jalen Brown, your own Jalen Brown. Yeah. Did anyone see him? Trey Young. Trey Young. Like, and, you know, people were doubting Trey Young after like, the first, his, you know, beginning of the season, he struggled in his hey, first year. And like, you know, I'll own so, it. I'll yeah. own it. I like Devin Booker, Trey Young, those guys. Here's, here's one of my biggest things between the NFL and the NBA. I always felt like the NBA had this bad history of just propping up these guys that just put on what I consider stat padding numbers, mm-hmm. whether that be a guy like, you know, and this may be controversial, but uh, Russell Westbrook or someone, you know, I see all these fantastic stat lines, these huge numbers, but I come from that football philosophy of was it a win or was it a loss? And yeah, I see yeah. like them hyping up a guy like Devin Booker for the 70 point games, the 50 point games, the 40 point he, games. He lost that Trey, year too. Trey, yeah, exactly. Trey Young, same kind of thing. And then when I look at that standings, it's 19 wins, 20 wins. And mm-hmm. hey, that's what, when I looked at those guys, I was like, you know, I, I think it's just all hype. It's all fluff. It's NBA media just like propping up a guy for the sake of propping him up. But then, you know, this season taught me a big lesson in patience being patient for those guys. Mm -hmm. And I now are giving them a little bit more like leeway whenever I see a guy like that on the come up, whether it be now RJ Barrett. And that's just a lesson that I, I I myself, you know, I'm 27 here, you know, I have a lot to learn. I I don't claim to know everything here. And I'm uh, hell you listen to coming up on the two year anniversary of this podcast. I have a lot to learn with this, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. And, you know, thing, you just keep getting better. And obviously that's what some of these stars did. They just kept getting better. Um, now, if in four years, five years, you're looking like uh, Ben Simmons, who can't uh, still hit a shot in the fourth quarter, then that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, getting better, like these guys can get, we forget that they're so young. We're like, like Devin Booker is still 24 years old. <laughs> you know, we, we forget that he's still a baby. Like RJ is a 20, 20 year old. Like Jason Tatum is what, 23, 22, 23, like. These guys are young and we expect them to be the face of the, like to save, to be, be a playoff team from Complete the jump. Trey Young is in the third year in the league, you know, and the first two years people were saying, oh, he's not going to be a winner. You know, I had someone told me that, you know, they can't, you can't win with him. And I'm like, you can't, how can you say that he, you can't, like, he's still, a, he's like, but he hasn't done. I was like, he's in the second year in the league. And this was last year. I was like, how can you say that? Like, 
It's like, and then guess what happened this year? He took his team to the con- and he got hurt, and maybe they get to the finals if he's healthy and all that. So these guys could get better. We patience, patience, and and doing a lot of NBA draft stuff, and you know, just the way just to, to evaluate these guys. Everyone wants instant impact, but it's like everyone's development's different. You know, everyone develops at a different pace, a different rate. So just being patient with these guys. Some guys pop quick like Luca popped from the jump you know but Luca was also playing pro basketball at you know from the womb so <laughs> you know he's different so uh, some guys pop there some guys wait till they're 24 25 like Zach Levine and, and Bradley Bill they pop differently you know so just being patient with these guys and, and empty stats I know that's a that's a thing too but we saw with Devin Booker he was one of the kings of the empty stats right like you said 71 points they lost though you know and that was the same thing I was like you 71 points, but you lost. But you also have to look at who is around him. And if you look at that team, you're like, oh, okay. I understand why he shot the ball all those times because that team wasn't good. So, and they finally put the right pieces. And it was a slow build, right? Because before the bubble, that Phoenix team, they were at blow up. James Jones fired, Monty Williams fired, one and done. You know, Booker traded. And then they have that run. And then they'd have patience. And then boom, look what happened this year. They were two wins away from a final. So just patience. In, in, in any sport, football too, you know, we see the patience for quarterbacks are very thin. The guy's a bust after one year. Just relax. Be patient. These are young people at the end of the day. Everyone's, like I said, everyone's pace, you know, growth is different. Just be patient. And, you know, we'll see. Look at, we saw Trey Young do things, Booker do things. You know, I think that's changed a lot of people's mindsets with the young people, you know. <laughs> well, you know, that is a great lesson, not only for the game of basketball, sports, but life in general, patience, people, patience, patience. Is when you know you've been patiently waiting for the end of this podcast, maybe, maybe eagerly, maybe uh, less so patiently waiting for the end, but we are coming towards that point. So before we head off and before Chris gives all the uh, appropriate plugs for the off the ball network, Chris, you got to put a final rating on it. One to five space jam two. Uh, okay put my uh my movie critic hat on let's give it a let's give it a three put it right in the middle okay, solid right film. in the middle solid. okay solid enjoyed gotcha, it gotcha. to me i enjoyed it it wasn't perfect but i enjoyed it so to me that's right in the middle non-committal to a bad or good okay i love it right in the middle <laughs> right it's kind of like space jam one it was it was it was i think that was a nostalgia with the first one i think that's so everyone's so worked up about it but you know it's yeah it was a Guys. nice film Enjoy it. Guys, it's nostalgia. Go back and watch Space Jam 1. It's nostalgia. When are you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not not Denzel, you know, performing at at trading day. Like, I think people just over. over No, when you see Newman game blown up with the air pump, that should just (laughs) tell you. When you see the green screen in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's. it's it's like seeing your girl without makeup for the first time. That's exactly what watching yeah. Space Jam is with adult lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people need to, and that's how you have to watch the movie. Forget about Space Jam 1 that even existed. Just watch it. And the beginning will be rough. Like like we said, Julia, is rough, but it gets a little better. And you, you, you at the end of it, you'll be like, oh, man, I thought that was better than expected. I think this you know, is and that's lesson. fine. <laughs> I, I think this is a lesson of that old saying: "A pig with lipstick is still a pig." Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, it just it is what it was, and that's 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 it. You know, so. All right. Well, 
Give us the plugs, man. Drop them below. Where do people follow? How do people listen? What are you working on next? Yeah. Chris LeBron of the Off the Ball Podcast Network. Yeah, man. Like, first of all, thanks for having me on uh, to start off the day. Well, on the pod talking to you. So I appreciate you having me on. You can follow me off the ball pod on Twitter. That's where I'm most active off the ball podcast on Instagram, Facebook. You can follow me on, on YouTube. Uh, I'm doing a lot more YouTube stuff with, with, the, with the channel. You can listen to the podcast on all podcast platforms. Like also on YouTube, doing a lot of NBA draft stuff with the draft coming up this Thursday. I'm going to be on some shows, you know, doing some draft stuff. So catch me on there. Like I said, follow me on Twitter and I have all, all the updates on there. And then you can follow my network, Off the Ball Network, OTB underscore network on Twitter, Off the Ball Network on Facebook. Uh, we do a lot of live shows on there. So check that out. And um, yeah, offtheballnetwork.com also. We got a lot of great articles, a lot of great stuff on there. So check that out. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for having me on, brother. Anytime, man. Well, Guys, you heard all the plugs. Go ahead and follow this, man. A lot of good stuff, a lot of exciting stuff. Get some merch, OTB Network. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you're checking us out. You're listening. So subscribe, guys. Leave that five-star review. Drop in the comments below. Like this video. All that fantastic, exciting stuff that helps our channel grow and helps us provide more content for you. Of course, you know one of the biggest things that helps us grow, too, is supporting our partners, whether that be cavemancoffeeco.com go, go ahead get yourself some delicious cold brew coffee from cavemancoffeeco.com and use that promo code slump to save yourself some money on your next purchase all right guys i need you to stay safe happy and healthy two more episodes before we hit the century mark we'll see you next time